0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Jackass star Steve-O performs live at the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in West Virginia on May 1st. I caught up with the crazy stuntman to discuss his journey from circus clown to goldfish swallower on MTV to eventual blockbuster movie star. Hello, Steve-O, can you hear me? I sure can. Hey, thanks for doing this. We're the uh, all-news radio station in D.C. Where are you calling us from?
1: I am in Los Angeles. We were doing some uh, Jackass promos for uh, Jackass Forever on digital.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, we're talking because uh, you're going to be coming to Hollywood Casino in Charlestown, West Virginia on May 1st. What what do we got? Is this a, a straight-up stand-up show? Is there going to be like any video clips from Jackass or audience interaction or what we got? It's, uh, it's not
1: video clips from Jackass. It's uh, video clips that would never be allowed on Jackass. It's, <laughs> uh, it's called the Bucket List Show. And, um, you know, I, I've been doing stand up for, for 12 years now, like really, really grinding on the comedy club circuit. And uh, I got to a point where I graduated to theaters. And now um, I, I've made my, my stand up fully multimedia. So, uh, you know, the, the, the show is called The Bucket List and it's about all these things that I never would have been allowed to do for Jackass that I did with no insurance and a bunch of it was just straight completely illegal. And uh, it's so much fun. And, and uh, you know, the show represents a journey through this list. And uh, after each bit in the show, I screened the footage of, uh, of the bit being checked off the list. And um, I'm not kidding about like flagrantly illegal, man. I got like, a, I got a medical professional in disguise to administer stolen general anesthesia drugs um, into an IV in my arm while I was hauling us on a bicycle.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah, like uh, I got another medical professional to uh, get in disguise and put a four inch needle in my spine. And inject a drug into my spinal cavity, which paralyzed me while I was in a full sprint. And um, it's so it's so gnarly, man. There's another one where um, I'm, I'm butt naked in an airplane with another man strapped to my back. And I literally rubbed one out and blasted everywhere simultaneously as I'm falling out of the airplane. <laughs> like... I went so over the top for this show. It is so utterly ridiculous. And uh, I love it so much, man. It's 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 an exercise in all of my worlds converging. And, um, dude, it's just so rad.
0: <laughs> dude, where does this inspiration for these crazy ideas come from? Because you've done so many over the years. But, like, are, do you just have this this like need for speed, like a uh, wild death-defying urge with, inside you to just keep up in the ante?
1: Uh, I mean, yes. And, um, <laughs> and in this case, um, the ideas like were, uh, you know, I, I could call it the bottom of the barrel tour, really, because, uh, <laughs> you know, th- th- this was an exercise in knocking out ideas that I had been sitting on forever but that were just really like too, too much to, I never thought that they would actually happen. And then I decided, Hey, you know uh, I'm deep enough in my forties that I'm reaching a point where it's probably, uh, you know, not going to work to do this stuff or maybe it won't. So I wanted to hurry up and, and get it done. But some of the ideas I've had for, uh, for decades you know the, the skydiving one like is is i would say about 20 years old one of the ideas is is uh goes all the way back to seventh grade i remember um being 12 years old and i heard a joke um what's the definition of macho it's a man who jogs home from his own vasectomy and um <laughs> You know, and I always wanted to be macho. So I remembered that joke and I grew up, literally grew up with the idea that a vasectomy was in my future and that I would do a whole lot more than just jog. And I called the idea the vasectomy Olympics. (laughs) And um, Yeah, that one that one actually makes full grown men faint in the audience. I swear it's the weirdest thing, man. We average one guy per show. It doesn't happen everywhere we go but it happens in more cities than not and uh sometimes it's more than one guy so generally averaged out we have like one guy per show uh passes out completely in his seat in the audience
0: there you go (laughs) listeners you hear that if you come out to this show uh you you might just pass out that's the best publicity for it all Uh, (laughs) man it's so it's so crazy That's fantastic. Well, it's gonna, it sounds hilarious. Well, yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned the joke, the vasectomy joke you heard in seventh grade. I want to know a little bit about, you know, your, your story growing up and everything. I know you're, I guess you were born in London, right? But didn't you also did, um, you went to clown college with the Ringling brothers and stuff too? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I grew up in five different countries, uh, because my dad was a, a corporate executive for American multinational companies. And, uh, you know, I, I had a super privileged upbringing. I went to, like, really good schools and all that. And, um, you know, I, I just wasn't uh, destined to, um, to work a normal job. And um, I went to, to the University of Miami straight out of high school. And um, my, my plan was to be a uh, creative advertising guy. I thought, you know, I love the video camera and, and uh, maybe I can make commercials but I couldn't really make it to class was the problem. So uh, I I dropped out of the University of Miami. I decided I was going to become a famous crazy stuntman. And that was in 1993. So there wasn't a lot of precedent for what I was trying to do. Um, and I struggled. I was homeless for, for like three years after dropping out of the University of Miami in 93. And then, uh, it was 1997, I found out about Clown College. And I thought if I could graduate from Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey Clown College, then that would uh, make me a trained circus professional. And as such, people would take me more seriously as a stunt man. And um, really it was helpful. It helped me stop selling drugs for a living. And um, you know, I worked as a circus clown right up until the day that uh, I, I started filming for uh, the Jackass series.
0: Well, how did that meet? How did you hook up with those guys? Like, I guess it's Jeff Tremaine, Spike Jones and Johnny Knoxville, I guess were sort of the the brain right. behind it, but how did you actually meet up with them to do that initial MTV uh, jackass show in 2000?
1: There was uh, a skateboarding magazine called big brother, which made these, uh, you know, it was just, everything was nuts in big brother. And I loved it. Like uh, I re I really loved it so much. And, and um, I-, I made it my business to uh, track them down and, and get in the pages of this crazy skateboarding magazine as well as in their videos and um you know the video the big brother videos which are so crazy that um you know jeff tremaine who was in charge of uh, big brother magazine he reached out to his buddy spike jones they had known each other since like uh when i guess since spike was 12 years old and uh, he said to spike that um He thought with the popularity of the Big Brother videos, he thought that if they were if they would subtract the skateboarding, then what was left over could be a TV show. (laughs) And they just, you know, they just put together a VHS tape of um, the Big Brother videos minus the skateboarding. They added in uh, some CKY and um, took it to uh, a, a bunch of places and MTV went for it.
0: Right, and CKY was was Bam and all those guys, and so yeah, it, it took it. So it was like two two skateboarding outfits kind of combined. Take away the skateboarding, and you're left with Jackass. Uh, that's well, exactly what it was man i'm i'm of the perfect age i mean i was i grew up on all that stuff along with everybody else and everybody wanting to emulate that stuff even though you know you slap that don't try this at home but you know we all were <laughs> but um tell right. me tell me about the uh the swallowing goldfish bit from that was like the fam- famous one from the tv one and i always thought it was crazy that once you threw it back up it was still moving it was like still alive right.
1: What what was rad about that? That was my very first thing I taped for the series after it got ordered. And, um, that was within 30 minutes of me washing off my clown makeup for the last time in the circus. Wow. Yeah, it was, uh,
0: hit the ground running.
1: Yeah, it was, it was nuts, man. That was, um, like, uh, August of, of year 2000. And, um, I was working in a flea market circus in South Florida and they came to film me there. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I washed off my clown makeup, pulled out of the parking lot and my car broke down, uh, on the way coming out of the flea market. So we just pushed it off to the side of the road and they sent a PA to the pet store to come back with a goldfish while we dealt with my car. And, um, yeah. And so that's it. It was just the side of the road where my car broke down that I that I swallowed that goldfish. And um, that was the first thing. And as soon as I got done uh, barfing it up, Knoxville said, well, Mr. O, if you're if you weren't already famous, I, I'd say you're going to be famous now.
0: <laughs> Legend and, uh, was born.
1: <laughs> it, it, was, it was pretty intense, man. I, I filmed for five days for uh, for that um first season all of my filming for that first season was in five days and I actually actually only shot on three of the five days um but uh but yeah that like the, everything I did worked pretty well like um you know I, I got a bit for for every episode maybe except the the last one I don't know like I got like seven bits and I, I was on each episode um uh, seven of the eight anyway
0: Oh well, you were a quick fan favorite on that show, man. Well, I want to talk about because the movies took it to a whole new level. I want to talk about some of my favorite ones of yours from from each of the movies, if we if you got time. So that first movie, that what you did the tropical pole vaulting and I guess the alligator tightrope. Were you were you worried you were going to get chomped by an elephant? All- like, did you think that might be your last? I, <laughs> your last bit. I,
1: I understood that it was my job to get. Um, bitten by an alligator that day i thought that was the whole bit was that uh you know that that's the that's what i thought the the plan was um but uh, but i got away without getting bit and uh and it was like a, a pretty iconic bit i'd say that was probably my biggest thing in that first movie except maybe getting like my whole back tattooed with uh, my self-portrait <laughs> with, the, th- with my the thumbs up moment. uh-huh and uh tropical pole vaulting was kind of whatever. I don't know that maybe the biggest thing was uh, that I turned down, putting the car up my butt. You know that. uh,
0: Yeah. Ryan done.
1: Yeah. I backed out of doing that stunt. And I think that actually worked pretty well for me. (laughs)
0: yeah man it was i mean but even even you in the opening credits like in the slow-mo shopping cart like there was it was epic i was actually still see it man it was i guess 20 years ago now uh just crying in the theater with our buddies it was just classic in this set in the second one what was the hardest one to do or the grossest one was it was it the fart mask or was it the fish hook or the i mean
1: the hardest ones to do like just didn't make the cut you know Like uh, (laughs) so uh out of that, I mean, for sure, the fish hook would have been my biggest one in the second movie. Um, the leech on the eyeball was a pretty big one from that movie. <laughs> um, I don't you know the fart mask. Yeah, it's too. With the fish hook, I I put the fish hook through my face twice because we had two days of shooting for that that bit. Um, and with the fart mask, I we shot that one on two different days as well because. Uh, I barked before I even got the mask on, um, (laughs) on the, on the, uh, the part mask. So yeah, those were ones that both, both of them were two days of shooting,
0: Mm, man. All right. And that brings us to the third one, Jackass 3d, which I think even premiered at like the museum of modern art or something, which I think is just so classic. (laughs) It says it all, but, um, that third one, I mean, you had the beehive tetherball, but the I think the main one to me was the you getting launched up in the porta potty. Was that as disgusting? Yeah, for as sure. It, was that as disgusting as it looked? <laughs> for sure,
1: it, it was absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's got to be like my my biggest bit of all time. Um, and uh, what was crazy about that was that um, that OSHA. You know, Occupational Safety and Hazard Association, I guess is what OSHA stands for. They they have a a strict rule against uh, a lot of contact with human feces. So um, for that porta potty bit, they actually found a company which will sell as much dog poop as you want. It's just the most confounding thing. Plus, the name of the company was We Do Do Do. (laughs) <laughs> and um, they, 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 they bought enough dog poop from We Do Do Do, Do to fill up that porta potty. And um, it was absolutely every bit as disgusting as you would imagine. Um, I remember, like, after that, like, uh, you know, like I would walk my dog all the time. And whenever I picked up the dog poop, I would just look at it and think, dude, I'm gnarly. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, that, that, that was a heavy one.
0: It was a brilliant concept. Well, congrats on uh, the latest one, number four. I mean, I know there was, like, little shoot-offs in between, but this is the fourth main installment, Jackass Forever. It just came out a couple months ago. Um, the marching band on the treadmill and the beehive on your junk. But we're, I guess just in general, were you pleased that the audience and the appetite for Jackass was still there? Like, you know, it had been years since, since the last movie, and, you know, you'd lost Ryan Dunn. And for was, sure. You know, there was all, was yeah. all the... There's all the tragic stuff that had happened with with some of the guys and everything, but were you, were you happy that, you know, you guys could kind of get back together as almost like a reunion and the audiences still come out and drove?
1: Yeah, of course, man. I mean, uh, especially like with the landscape of media having changed so much, like, um, you know, and when, even just 10 years ago when Jackass 3D came out, uh, I don't think most people had video playing on their cell phones then you know if they did it was uh you know really new and um you know over the course of the last 10 years there's just been so much fragmentation of media so much uh distraction with cell phones and, and all the social media apps and um the fact that we were able to uh sort of rise above all of that noise i think is is a big deal and you know with uh all of the, the critical praise, you know, in the, in the past, um, Jackass was, uh, a thorn in the side of the critics, you know, they hated it so much, but it was successful. And then now, all of a sudden, all these years later, the critics, uh, are, are swooning over it, which, um, which, which we just think
0: is hilarious. Oh, it just goes to show that we we you guys and us fans, we were right about it all along. You know, it just took that there's people there's the highbrow, lowbrow. It's it's what who cares about that crap? It's all you know, it's all subjective, but it's hilarious. That's what matters.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i stoked, man. Every, everything, everything, uh, everything about it makes me happy.
0: It's so great. You guys are like, you know, pop culture darlings. Speaking of which, uh, I know before you've been generous with your time. Before we run, did you see the most current event? Did you see Knoxville and Party Boy and Wee Man on WrestleMania the other uh, night? What What was your take on their big victory?
1: <laughs> I was. Uh... I was on tour in Tucson. They did that, but uh, had I not been on tour, I would have done it, yeah.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, well, cool. Well, in our final seconds, I think it'd be kind of fun if we could end with a rapid fire and thoughts on, on your co-stars there. Like, I say Knoxville, and you say something about him. I say Pontius, and you say something about Like, you can be like one-word answers if All you got right. that.
1: All right, Knoxville's gnarly. Pontius, uh, you know, I think it was Dick. <laughs> we Man. Uh, we Man, uh, like, uh, he's a bridge blocker. He, uh he, he went out of his way to not get cranked and it cost him a lot of footage
0: <laughs> how about uh Preston
1: Preston uh he's funny man he's witty
0: uh Dave England
1: Dave England is super creative and, and even wittier.
0: uh Aaron but
1: danger gets picked on a lot it, it, it kind of bothers me you know like I'm the one guy who doesn't really like bullying danger Aaron I feel like
0: yeah, and uh, and I know he wasn't in the recent one because of all that legal stuff. But Bam, just in, in the good old days, what do you think of with Bam?
1: Ah, uh, I mean, Bam, I'm uh, just rooting for him, you know, to to figure it out. Bam, like the word is tragic, really.
0: Right, and then of course, yeah. uh, and then of course, the name Ryan Dunn. Memories yeah. of what made Ryan special.
1: Ah. Um, I mean, Ryan was just like, here's the epitome of Jackass.
0: Yeah, well, I think you're the epitome, all of you guys, too, man. It's great, and congrats on all the success. Again, everyone, Steve-O's coming to Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in West Virginia on May 1st, so get your tickets now. Again, it's all the bucket list stuff that could – it was too gnarly and crazy to make the actual <laughs> Jackass. So everyone – Well, come I, it was a
1: non-starter, yeah. There, there, there was a non-starter to do the bucket list stuff like uh That never would have gotten onto
0: the page. But they can see it at the show. So everyone get your tickets. Steve-O, thanks so much. This was a blast. Yeah,
1: man. For sure. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.